Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Hello, friend, and thank you for listening to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. I'm your host, Mark Cravens, and we are truly delighted that you've taken time out of your schedule to listen to what I think is going to be a very wonderful podcast and broadcast today as I interview and talk with Jan Burt, all the way from Wichita, Kansas, by way of Zoom. Hi, Jan, and welcome to Hope Along the Journey. Hi, Mark. So thankful to be here today and excited to be on your show. Hope along the journey. How great is that? Don't we all need hope as we go along the journey? I just love your podcast. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I'll I'll get you a quarter somehow when this is all over. I'll send you a quarter. (laughs) Okay. Jan, you and I met at a Spark Media Convention for podcasters. And it just it I really think it was a God thing. Oh, yeah. uh, there were so many ladies at that podcasters convention that several of us guys, some of uh, several of us dudes, found our way to the back tables. And <laughs> I remember it was either you or the other lady there said, "I've never sat at a table with so many dudes at the same yeah. table." You know. <laughs> yep. But it was it was a lot of fun, and we got to eat lunch together as a group, and we got to share together. And after talking, I just felt so strongly that. You had a story and a message to share with my audience, a message of hope. And so I want you to share that in a little bit today. But before we start, let me just kind of introduce Jan to the listening audience today. As I mentioned, she's from Wichita, Kansas. She is a writer. She's a blogger, a podcaster. She is has a podcast, I love this, called The Burt Not Ernie Show. And you're going to explain that a little bit. I want to hear I will. about that. Yep. Yeah. She's also a conference speaker. She is mother of five grown children. She was a homeschooler for 25 years. Will there be any stars in your crown? Yes, there will be. Uh, 25 years of, of homeschooling. And so uh, she's been married now for 31 years to her husband and just a lot of Great things I could say about Jan. And again, Jan, thank you so much, and welcome to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Thank you for having me. Well, I I told you I was going to ask you this, okay? I told you this. So hopefully you're ready. I said, what's what's like a little-known fact about Jan that maybe the average friend doesn't even know? Well, um, this is this is probably one of my favorite stories about myself because I'm a bookworm and I love to read. And when my mom would share about how I was one and a half years old, so 18 months old, I drugged the chair out from the kitchen table, climbed up onto the table, spread out all the magazines. She kind of would buy all the magazines every week. And I could sight read all of my letters, uppercase and lowercase at 18 months old. And I don't remember ever not being able to read. So a couple of weeks wow. after I turned four, I started school and- by the time I was seven, I my reading comprehension tested past college level at like the little X's on the old school 
achievement test forms went off the page. And I love that story because I love to read. So I guess God put it in me, I guess. That's right. He knew when he made you what the future was going to be before the beginning ever started. So that is so cool. Now, I'm a reader, but I just have to confess, you know, I'm slow as molasses on a cold winter day when it comes to reading. (laughs) I mean, and, and I sometimes if I read I suddenly, it dawns on me, I don't even know what I've been reading. I have to go back and start over again. But I do sure. love to read. Yeah. I, I want to ask you a question. Now, you're you're not near as old as I am. But did you ever, were you ever part of the old weekly reader book club? Yeah, you're yes. shaking your head. Yes. I yep. can remember getting the a book and coming home and flipping the pages and smelling that ink. Did you ever yep. smell your new book? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm not the only one that did that. Oh, man. And did I I ever love those weekly reader books? I think the first one I got was The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Oh, wow. What a great book to start with. Yes. I wish I'd kept that little paperback book, but I I bet. uh, Yeah. I wish I had. Well, that's neat. So tell us a little bit about. So we, we found out, you know, you're an early reader. Tell us a little bit about your life and. And kind of bring us up to speed. Let us know a little bit more about who Jan Bird is. Sure. Well, um, I was raised by a, my parents divorced when I was young, raised by a single mom. My father died in a really tragic accident when I was 15. And I was not raised in a Christian home. My mom just, that was her grand, my grandparents' cup of tea. They were all about Jesus. My mom, not so much. And so I came to Christ as an adult, a young adult. 20 years old, flipping through the television channels. And I heard a voice and thought, I think I've heard him on the radio. And I listened and I thought, oh, wow, this is, this is what I need. This is what I need. This is what's missing in my life. Gave my life to Jesus and had no idea what to do from there. So the next Sunday, looking in the Sunday paper, here's this little, little, you know, the old school newspaper ad for a mail-in Bible study. So I wrote to them and I would get my Bible study each week, didn't have a Bible. So I went to Walmart and spent $2 on a Bible. How quickly do you think that $2 Bible fell apart so fast, but (laughs) I did all my lessons. And, and from there I was just praying saying, God, I don't even know how to find a church. I had a strong sense that I needed to be in a healthy church, but I didn't know what that meant. And we had some neighbors move in downstairs. We were, my husband and I were young married. They moved in downstairs and they said, Oh yeah, this church is great. And off we went. And they weren't even church going people. They're, they're not believers. They just were who the Lord used to answer my prayer. And uh, my husband came to know the Lord about a year and a half later. And the rest is is a beautiful history. That is, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That is so amazing. Is, I mean, what a God thing. Yeah. You're flipping through the radio, I mean, the TV channels and you hear a familiar voice and, Mm -hmm. and, and did you pray at home? I did. I prayed at home. So I, I came to Christ. He saved me in my apartment living room when I was 20 years old. (laughs) Wow. And, and here you are today, all, all these years later and still serving the Lord, Absolutely. still have a hunger for his word, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And what a remarkable, remarkable story. So I want to, Go to the the real story that we want to focus on here in just a moment. I want to go to that story. But before we do, I do want to give a shout out to a dear friend of mine who's helping to sponsor Hope Along the Journey, and that is my good friend Dwight Ryan. Dwight Ryan is 
owner of Rhines Auto Sales. That's R-I-N-E-S, Rhines Auto Sales. And it's a family-friendly business, and he is one great guy. You, I'm just telling you, if you get a chance to ever meet Dwight Ryan, you'll love the guy. He is just super. And he is helping sponsor Hope Along the Journey. And so if you're interested in a, in a good used car and you want somebody that's going to treat you honestly and fairly, then get a hold of Dwight Ryan. His Website is Rhines, R-I-N-E-S, RhinesAutosales.com. Again, that's RhinesAutosales.com, located in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. And believe you me, people drive from all over to go there and, and get used vehicles. He, you can go on his website. He has got some beautiful, beautiful used vehicles that are available on the website. Again, that's RhinesAutosales.com, or give him a phone call. Please tell him that Mark Cravens sent you his way. That number is 570-966-2277. Again, 570-966-2277. Jan, so back to your story. I, I know we're kind of going to jump forward, but due to time constraints, I want to get to this story. In 2016, your life took a probably an unforeseen turn. And so tell us a little bit about what happened in that year that still has a great impact on your life today. Well, unforeseen turn is the right way to describe it, Mark, that's for sure. So I was um, in the midst of getting kids off to college, you know, kind of in that chaos of homeschooling. And my husband and I had served in youth ministry. We served together side by side for 12 years. And so that in addition to homeschooling, kept us very busy and I wasn't feeling well. But to be honest, I just kept thinking, I'm just busy. And maybe, maybe this is empty nest syndrome starting to set in. I've had my kids home so long. Maybe that's what this is. That sounds, it's going to sound crazy when I tell you what came next. But um, I really just thought, you're just, you're just stressed or you know, going through empty nest and you're not feeling well, but it's probably no big deal. Well, I was busy weekend. One daughter graduated from high school, another graduated from college in Wheaton, Illinois. So we had all this travel. And the next day I'm sitting at a stoplight and a girl rear-ended me. She, her first car she'd ever bought, didn't know that the brakes were bad, rear-ended me. And so my back was hurting. Off I went to my regular doctor um, and she pretty quickly said, I don't care about your back. That's not a problem. Something is really wrong with your heart. Um, I was floored, Mark. I didn't expect it wow. at all. I did not see yeah, it coming. Yeah. And so they sent me back for, they started the battery of tests. And to be honest with you, I wasn't really concerned until the woman performing the EKG after she, you know, the, it, it's a pretty quick process. They're only usually about 20 seconds long. And she tore the little piece of paper off of the, the printout and after that, she would not make eye contact with me, no matter how hard I tried. And when really? I walked out, I tried one more time, walked and said, thank you very much and preach and appreciate it. I did appreciate her work, but she would not make eye contact. And I thought that's probably not good. That's probably not no, good. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so the testing continued and we went off on our family vacation. And when I got back, I needed to see a cardiologist um, based on some, oh, like they make you wear these wonderful things called Holter monitors that have a million wires and they <laughs> monitor your heart for yes. however long and then they send it off and went to that cardiology appointment twice on our vacation. My doctor called me just to say, personally called me just to say, please be careful. Well, that rattled me a little bit too, because Absolutely. I thought, be careful of what? What am I to be careful of? I didn't know what that meant. Went to that appointment, sat down and 
Um, little did I know that before I even went to a cardiologist for the first time, six other cardiologists had reviewed my tests and had all diagnosed me with heart failure. Wow. I did not know, but they assumed I knew. So the way I found out that I had heart failure was the doctor saying, you look pretty good for a woman dying of heart failure. That is not the way you want to find out. You're kidding. I'm it, not kidding. That's how you found out. That's how I found out. And I think my jaw hit the floor and yeah. he said, oh, I'm so sorry. You didn't know, did you? And I said, uh, no, I did not know. And it was just like off to the races from there. You need to start on this medication. You need to. And if it's okay, can I share a brief thing about sure. yes. one of the medications that I think yes. just encourage people to always be willing to listen to the Lord. Never be concerned that he won't make clear to you what he wants clear to you. Because sometimes people don't think they can hear, you know, well, I know what God wants me to do. Well, I know his will. The first medication they put me on that very day, they started me on it at, at half a pill, half a dose, cut the pill in half because it's pretty strong. And to reset my heart, I had eight heart attacks in about a week. So that was not very fun. Um, and then I was supposed to up the dose to the full dosage but I never did. I always sensed the Lord saying, keep cutting that in half. And when I had a follow-up appointment, oh, probably three months later, the cardiologist said, your resting pulse rate here in the office is like 25 beats a minute. That's far too low. That's, that's extreme bradycardia. That's you're at death's door at that point. And uh, he said, plus it isn't helping your heart. And I said, would you like me to take the whole pill? And he said, you're not taking the whole pill. I said, no, I really, I'm a Christian. I felt like God said never to take the full pill. And he said, that's amazing because one dose of that and you never would have woken up again. So one full dose of the pill. So that not that I discount what the doctors story. say, but I think God can tell us what we need to know when yes. we need to know it. And I just want to throw that in there because somebody might be wondering, like I often did, will I know his will? Will I for sure know what he wants me to do or doesn't want me to do? He can make it clear. He can let you know. Yeah, that that is amazing. And so again, you, you said you had a, um, around eight heart attacks in a week's time I did. while your heart was, what were those like? Did you know when you were having them? Did you feel or sense something was, was taking place? Well, they didn't fully prepare me for it. They said, it's going to be uncomfortable and painful as your heart resets and tries to, because I have electrical problems with my heart. I have um, uh, bigeminy, premature ventricular contractions and and accompanying SVT, a tachycardia that also goes supra and Brady tachycardia and a pulse deficit, a variety of things that don't, they don't play well together. They're, they kind of make it a mess. So they, they warned me it would be painful, but it wasn't until I went back in for a follow-up and said, that was horrible. And they said, yes, those were heart attacks. We try not to scare people. And I think I would have preferred to have known like that how painful it was going to be. They said, your heart is going to reset. They didn't tell me it was going to be eight heart attacks. That's incredible. Yeah. And I can't imagine going through that. And again, not, it would have been better. I, I agree with you. I think I would have rather known that Yeah. because <laughs> then I would have listened like, okay, I know what this, what's going on here. Right. Yes. It wouldn't have been so scary. I right. Think. Right. Wow. So that was then. And so what did you, did you, what about like the, the, um, you call it the ejection fraction, mm -hmm. was your heart putting out very yeah. much, or was that, that really a low number too? It is better now than it used to be. I had a season where it was pretty low. Um, and that was, well, you know, I think you full, you, you know, a lot about the ejection fraction. That right. is your number that they measure everything by. Mm -hmm. And it's not fun when that goes low. I think the last time I had it tested, I was in the forties, which is really pretty good. That's not 
that's not terrible. I'm very happy with that. Yeah. I, the reason I ask that is because, as you know, my my wife suffers with congestive heart failure and yeah. will probably, unless God heals her the rest of her life. And mm -hmm. I remember when she was diagnosed, it was like at 20, 25%. Oh, wow. It's, it's much better now. But so I just, that's why I wanted to ask you about that. But even 40% is still not the 50, 60% they like. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what took place then after that? You went, they eventually, of course, sent you home and you just basically on medicine. But what was their, what were they saying? I mean, you said earlier, you know, that you look good. They said you look good for a woman dying with congestive heart failure. Mm -hmm. What was the, what was their diagnosis? What were they saying is going to happen long-term for you? Yeah. And I have seen, and this, so this isn't just from one doctor. This is from a variety of cardiologists, electrophysiologists. I even travel up to your neck of the woods to the Cleveland clinic to have treatment. And then also from my, my personal doctor who is um, kind of a good friend too. So she shoots me straight over and over and over. I heard that there was just no way I could go past five years. Five years would be a high end. So, I mean, you're seven now and it, I am a walking miracle. Um, they have often told me I should be bedridden, like lucky to get out of bed. I am out of bed and loving Jesus and serving the Lord to the best of my, by, it's by his strength. It really yes. is completely, I call it weak strong as a play on what Paul talks about in first Corinthians chapter 12. When I am weak, that I am strong. I am weak, strong every day of my life. Um, and I don't have any plans to stop soon. I don't think I'm going to be, I, I don't think I'm going to die from this anytime soon because I really do believe the Lord is showing himself strong through me. It has nothing to do with me. It's all Jesus. I think the blessing in it is that um, it's a platform. It gives me an opportunity Absolutely. to just point to Jesus, Jesus, and more Jesus. And I will never stop being thankful for that. So I should be, I should be dead by now. Or, you know, I mean, when you're dead in Christ, you're alive with Christ. So I would be, I should be with the Lord now, but, <laughs> right. but I'm not, I'm That's not. A miracle. So. Yes, it is. And, it is a miracle. Yeah. And if anybody could see you, I mean, it. you don't, you look healthy, you look vibrant and full yeah. of life. And that's great. And yet you do have your bad days. Yes. And, but fortunately, which I was so thankful for today is a great day and you're feeling. And really thank good you for today. praying for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was praying that you would feel up to this today. Yes. I want to ask you this question. So you go home and it doesn't look good. Five years max to live. Did you have a period of time where you struggled with like, okay, how do I move on in life? What do I do? Or did you, did you have a period of time where maybe even some depression may have encircled your life? And if so, what, what kind of like, what was that like? And then how did you break out of that? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely did. I don't think I fully processed it the way that I should have, because I think it was in a little bit of shock, if that makes sense. I don't think it, I, I was floored, even heading straight to the pharmacist right after that initial appointment when I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the pharmacist and one of the workers taking me over to the side and kind of talking me through some things. And it was kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher. I want why I was thinking I need to listen. I need to know what they're saying. And I had no, <laughs> no, it was just, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. How could this be my diagnosis? So um, I think I was in like shock depression. I don't gotcha. know if that's a word or a thing, but like I was shocked into a state of like depression. I felt like my entire life had been, ripped in half, you know, like what, what in the world, how can this be? This makes no sense. And then I wanted to make sure that my husband and my kids were not overwhelmed 
Um, I think that's the mom. I think moms are that way, the mom and me, but yeah, I definitely was struggling and depressed, but trying to move forward now, you know, my time with the Lord that never changed getting up and spending time with him each day that didn't change. I definitely started to question a lot of like what's down the road. You know, I stopped making plans for the future. I just had small goals, not big goals. And then really um, in answer to what broke me out of it, it's going to sound crazy, but I had spoken um, at, at a conference and a couple of my kids had listened to my husband had sent them the soundbite and said, here's the audio of your mom speaking. And both of them on the same day, one said, wow, mom, is that my mom? I can't even believe that's you. That sounds good, which that's nor. I mean, they're not going to come to a homeschool convention. So of course that was the first time they'd really heard me <laughs> speak. Sure, and right. my other daughter, my other daughter said, mom, you kind of have an authority when you speak and you know, her having grown up in our homeschool in a Christian home and with my husband and I in youth, she said, maybe you need to start a podcast about the word of God. And I thought, are you crazy? Like I wanted to say, are you young lady? Are you crazy? Like, you know, about my heart, right? Why would I start something that I have? I don't want to start something like that and then just have it drop off. You know, what happened to this lady? She just disappeared, but I prayed about it. And I definitely sensed the Lord saying, start a podcast. And so what really broke me out of it, I'll tell you what, Mark, my podcast is about God's promises, getting the promises of God into the people of God. And really, I have this wonderful focus that I do when I see the word will in one of God's promises. I underline it twice, that word will, and then I say it out loud and I emphasize that word will. God will, God will. You cannot imagine how that changed everything for me. When I'm talking to people about God's promises, I have to live it. I have to believe it or I'm a sham. And I don't want to be a sham because my Jesus is not a sham. He's everything to me. So what really broke me out of it was starting a podcast, talking about God's promises, and then choosing to really, really believe them for myself on a daily basis that what he said is what he meant. And he's a perfect promise maker and a perfect promise keeper. Well, you know, that's it is so beautiful. And I appreciate you sharing it because I remember when I met you down at, at uh, the convention there in Nashville, you made a statement to me, and I, I'm probably not going to get this word for word. But you said to me, I'm alive today because of the promises of God. Yeah. You mm-hmm. said that. And I'm like, I've never heard that. I've never heard anybody say it quite like that. But as you're sharing your story about the podcast and about declaring the promises of God, that let me ask you a question. Do you don't you think that sometimes where we stop short is we know the promise, but we don't really declare the promise? Yes, absolutely. At least I do. For ourselves. I mean, it's easy Mm -hmm. for me to look at you, Jan, and declare the promise of God for you. But it's another thing to declare the promise of God for old Mark. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You're so right. You're exactly right. I think that's just where my passion has grown. It hasn't waned over the years of podcasting. It has only grown to, um, it's like my catchphrase, if you want to call it that, is getting the promises of God into the people of God where they belong. It's for you. And it's for today. And I don't think I would be so passionate about it if I didn't have to live it. I really do mean it when I say I live daily by God's promises. They keep me alive. And that may sound silly to some people, but it really is the absolute truth. Those cardiologists, they're not fools and they weren't wrong. They know their trade 
ridiculously well, especially at the Cleveland Clinic. I think, you know, you being in Ohio, you understand in other parts of the U.S., they don't really know what it means to say, I go to the Cleveland Clinic. Yes, it's great. You're usually in a, it's a great place and you're usually in pretty bad shape. You don't get to just request an appointment there. I mean, you have to be in a way, you know, in a a really bad way to go there. So all of that is true, but God's truth is more true. It's the most true. It's the truest thing in my life. And I'm just so thankful that I have, I've gotten the blessing. I podcast to encourage other people to really believe that God's promises are for them, not just for everybody else and not just for like down the road, because we can think that's true. And I believe that, and I'm going to pray that over Mark and I'm going to believe Mark will receive the blessing today. Or we might think that's true. And I believe that, but maybe that's going to come down the road because right now today, I know it's not for today. It's for me, but it's for later. What if we really believed it was for us and it's really for today right now? And that has changed. I've gotten the blessing of a much enriched life just by sharing that with other people. That's that's great. Say that slogan again. You want to get the promises of God into, say that again for me, Jan. Getting the promises of God into the people of God. That is great. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, and one of the things that I told you that I liked about your podcast was you're, you've got passion and energy. I mean, you, you you certainly don't sound like somebody that's got, you know, congestive heart failure. Yeah. <laughs> when you get on that podcast and you get rolling, it's like, wow, there is, she's got so much energy and passion. But I, I believe, number one, it's because of the fact that you're experiencing it in its mm-hmm. reality and it's real to you. Yes. And it's not just something you're talking about. It's, it's something that really is happening in your life. So this has opened up the opportunity to, to do the podcast. Are, are there other venues that you're seeing open up or conversations you're being able to have? What, what other ways is God using this thorn in the flesh? Yeah, it's actually been pretty incredible. Um, I'll get invites from people to, oh, a, a variety of things. I mean, you know this in the podcasting world, invites to be on podcasts or to take over people's podcasts for a time. Um, that's an enormous increase in reach. I think one of the best things that I got to do was being invited to be part of a conference last year that was an Esther 414 for such a time as this conference. And just the positions that I was given, I thought, well, I'm not I'm not qualified. I am in a room with people, you know, it's a big room. These are amazing people. Why did I get these spots? And to have people reach out to me afterward and say that was the most life-changing thing that I heard, not because of me, it's just because it's God's word. It's just because God's promises are true. And I do get passionate. I do get fired up. I got to tell you, I sit down sometimes not feeling well, ready to record a podcast, but I start speaking the word of God out loud and things really do change and it doesn't take very long before I'm pretty kind of spun up almost and excited about it. Um, and I also would say, you know, in 2020, Oh, Mm -hmm. in 2020, we had, um, you know, you lived through 2020. I decided to host a little prayer retreat for about five friends in a private Facebook group. Just let's just pray as we don't know what's coming next. Let's just pray. I have, I still have that group to this day, 190 women that I have done. I don't know how many teachings to and praying for them and seeing people say, I believe God's word in a way I didn't before. And I know his promises are true for me. What's better than that? I mean, what a blessing. Amen. That's so true. And, and again, I, it's, it's, it's so elementary and yet on a very practical level, I, too few Christians are really living in the promises of God. 
Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people camped on the edge of Canaan that are just aren't going into the promised land. And absolutely. And yeah. that that is that's what God wants for all of his children is to enter into his promises and to live there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap things up here in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like Jan for you to give out a little information like where can people find you, tell them about your podcast or any other venue where they can connect with you. Sure, absolutely. Uh, my website is just my name and I'm going to spell it because it sounds like a different name than it is when I say it. So it's J A N middle initial L B U R T.com Jan L Burt.com. And my podcast is the Burt, not Ernie show. Um, and it's a play on my last name, Burt, but it's also a reminder that I'm a Burt and I'm not an Ernie. And I want people to know we are who God says we are yes. not maybe who we've been thinking that we are. Um, and I would love to connect with them there. And if anybody would like to join my prayer group, it is called Praying Through the Storm. It's an online prayer group on Facebook. You could Google that. And I would love to have you join us there and just pray for one another because what's better than that? That's great. Well, Jan, thank you so much for being with me today here on Hope Along the Journey. Really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And what down the road somewhere, we're going to have you again. So That would be great. I would love that. Oh, uh, yeah. We want to have you back sometime. I want to thank our listening audience for listening in today to Hope Along the Journey. We appreciate so much your listenership. Why don't you drop us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. That's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Or go to our website at hopealongthejourney.org and join our email list so that you can get our monthly newsletter and know what's going on with the ministry. As I always say, mean from the very depths of my heart, Jesus is the hope of the world. And if you look to Jesus, you can find hope along the journey. God bless you today. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.